We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel. It's going to be another fun show today, Sean. We are going to be joined in just a moment by Travis May. We're going to go through some thoughts on round one, and uh, it's going to be a fun conversation as we make some bold predictions as to what might happen come Thursday night. And I think it's going to be a fun week for the listeners. We have lots of content coming out. Road of His Overtime is on Monday and Tuesday this week. We'll also have a Saturday show recapping the NFL draft but that their show will come out late Saturday afternoon. So I know some people like to get those Saturday morning OTs and listen to them when they're doing different work around the house or, or yard work or that. But um, this one will be coming out late Saturday, so uh, probably around 5 p.m. Eastern. But we will have Stealing Bananas coming out this week. We'll have lots of content to keep you uh, you know, filled up to date with the draft and all the outgoings of that. Myself and Zachary Kruger are going to record a recap of round one. That will come out on Friday. So lots of stuff coming out. But Sean, yourself and uh, Ben are going to be joining the Ship Chasing guys for a, a live stream on YouTube of NFL draft uh, round one. So subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to get uh, in and see that. But that's going to be on, on Thursday. But Sean, you might have some more insights. I know we're recording this one on, on Monday, but... You might have some more insights into the, the fun goings on that these might be having. Yeah, it's just it's going to be the most fun week ever, right? We're doing these shows with Travis. Part one was awesome. Part two will be great. Today, you mentioned that you're going to be doing a recap show with Zachary Kruger. Zach and I just finished our last never too early best ball tournament draft with the FFPC. We were in a slow draft where you know, there were there were quite a few picks that timed out down the stretch, so it did stretch out over the last week, but it is done. We love our team. We'll have some content on that. The FFPC obviously also releasing their new best ball tournament. You can get in, sign up over there. We'll have lots of content for you on the site with the best ball tools and the roster construction explorers to beat those, but it's always fun to draft with Zach and to put that kind of team together. We're hoping that we can make a run this year. Zach and I had a team that made the playoffs last season, but got nipped in the first round. We're not able to, to move into that second week. You mentioned stealing bananas. We're going to have a blast with the ship chasing guys on Thursday night. We're going to do a Friday 
stream of the draft. We'll have our normal show coming out tomorrow. One of the things that Zach and I did at the very end of our NTE was to take Tyler Goodson, a player I wrote an enthusiastic article about recently for the site. He's someone who is projected to go at the tail end of the NFL draft. He's one of my guys where I'm hoping that he either gets drafted earlier than projected or goes to the perfect team. We'll get a chance to ask Travis today who maybe he's looking at and is hoping will go earlier or to the right team. So let's get into it. We'll find out what Travis's bold predictions are for the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, and Sean, I couldn't let it go just when you mentioned that. I can't think of a better way to watch along to the NFL draft than to hear you, Ben, Pat Corrine, and, and Pete's sayings. And I, look, the draft's starting here, I think 1.30 a.m. On, on Thursday night, and I really should be in bed, and that was my intention. But I really think that just for how entertaining that's going to be, I, I may even have to stay up. So make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His YouTube channel. It will be airing there. And uh, the link to that is in today's show notes to make it convenient. And uh, you'll be able to watch Sean and Ben. And the guys have a, an awesome time as those picks roll in. And, and a sneak behind the curtain, we have already recorded this part with Travis. And uh, Sean, you'll hear his concerns of uh, who the Chiefs might take in the draft and uh, whether it's the players that he wants to select or not. So in this scenario, I think that's another perfect reason to make sure you're checking into that live stream on Thursday evening to see Sean's reactions to whatever the Chiefs may do in round one but let's jump into it so back again for the second podcast of the week it is travis may and of course we did mention at the end of the show earlier this week but follow travis on twitter it's at ff underscore travis m but are you ready for some bull predictions here today travis uh absolutely i'm just gonna be throwing crap out and and also <laughs> being a wet blanket as well i just gotta gotta mix it up gotta gotta bring the fire but also bring the wet blanket just just because you gotta gotta have that balance yes we'll see how we'll see how this plays out but the nfl draft obviously happening over the rest of this week starting thursday we are going to do some pretty rapid fire questions but what i'm going to do is lay them out to travis and i'll lay them out to sean and we'll see if we have any consensus or, or any differentiations and we'll see then what happens to play out but the first thing is going to be a little bit of kind of how many so we've talked on the show on monday about quarterbacks and wide receivers so first up quarterbacks in the first round how many quarterbacks travis do you see being taken day one i think at least three i think uh we can definitely bank on malik willis we can definitely bank on can you pick it whether or not that's a good decision is up to uh <laughs> well, well we'll see uh but then matt corral i think is another guy who should be safe i think uh NFL decision makers are very high on him, and uh, I am too. I think we we talked about him earlier this week. Uh, he's got great great peak pass efficiency and rushing production. I think he'll go. And then after that, like Howell and Ritter uh, could be the wild cards that pass up and go instead of Corral. But I, I whoever drops out of round one, I think uh, you know round pick 34, 35, somebody trades up. We'll see like five top forty or so quarterbacks in this class. Sean, we've talked a good bit about the quarterback class on, on the podcast itself, and we've talked about trying to get those quarterbacks on our fantasy team so we've drafted before the NFL draft. Do you think it is going to be five as well, or do you think we'll we'll be seeing four go in the first round? No, it's going to be all five. And then I'll let I might I might flick this back and, and forth, but top fifteen, Sean, I'll let you jump in on this one. Do you, how many do you see in that in that top fifteen? Four, right? And it's going to be similar to the draft with Mahomes and Watson 
where teams get in there to get those guys in the top 15. And as soon as the draft starts, as soon as the first five picks are done, teams are going to be moving to try and get up there and get their guy out of that group that Travis described so beautifully on Monday. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I think once those trades start to kick off, it'll be interesting. And that would only be good for my Packers and your Chiefs, Sean, if, if some of those other players can be uh, moved down a little bit then on the on the, the board. Are you in agreement with that, Travis? I think it's actually just going to be two top 15 and then uh, one to three that get close to that. Uh, just depends on how the draft goes. But uh, I think Willis is kind of locked in there. Pickett, um, you know, a few teams like him more than they should. But the other three are just – they're all over the place for me in terms of where I can see them going just because of where teams are currently situated and whether they think they need to trade up uh, in terms of the teams that I could see taking a, a quarterback. So I think uh, one or more uh, drops uh, to, you know, like the, the Saints or the Steelers or something, somebody else that, that could be uh, looking for their future signal caller later in round one. But, you know, we'll, we'll see here soon. We did uh, joke a little bit about it on Monday's podcast with the wide receivers that may end up with the Chiefs, but I hinted at it there. We're hoping to get some wide receivers to both the Chiefs and the Packers in this draft. So round one for wide receivers, how many do you see going, Travis? Uh, any more, like... Uh, it's like five or six are always in the mix. And so I think we see at least four, if not six, uh, go in round one. Um, I, if I had to bet, I would say six just because of kind of like the conversation we had earlier this week. Teams are just really desperate for that position. They're really desperate for for elite playmakers. And, and, and that as evidenced by the 20 plus million dollars getting shelled out to the position at the top right now uh, to Devontae Adams and company. But uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, Jamison Williams, despite him uh, coming off the injury, Drake London, Chris Olave, those four I think are the safest for me. Uh, but after that, I, I do believe that guys like Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, even Christian Watson could sneak into the end of round one because teams just really want that position. And uh, Traylon Burks, I, I think every bit deserves to be a first round pick given his production profile, given him being an absolute unicorn in a billion ways. Um, but the other two, I think, are kind of fringe first round. Well, Christian Watson's not, but Jahan Dotson's on that fringe that he might not go and he might not deserve that early capital uh, either. So we'll set the over-under, Sean, for first round picks at six. Are you going above that or below that? I'll take nine. I'm going to take all of those guys. Oh, I think that Sky Moore and George Pickens go in the final couple of picks of the first round. We're going to have all. Okay. It's going to be just all Ooh. wide receivers and quarterbacks in, in round one. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be super fun for fantasy purposes. It would oh be. It would be, be amazing. And then uh, top 15, Travis, back to you. Top 15 wide receivers. Uh, I'll set it at over under three. Uh, top 15, man. That's going to be a close one. Uh, I think it's going to be under three and we're going to see Garrett Wilson being the only lock I feel like goes that early. And then there will be a run later in the round uh, at the position. And Sean, how are you fitting on that? That's the way I also have it. I think it's going to be one. I think it's going to be Wilson. And then as teams move up to get those quarterbacks, it's going to push the other guys out of the top 15. But as soon as you get out of the top 15, they're just obviously going to be going like hotcakes. Yeah, that's good. Even talking about this, I can I can feel the excitement just uh, building. One of the players we've talked about possibly the most on the shows over the last uh, month to six weeks is is Brees Hall. Where Travis do you think his approximate pick number is within a, a four pick range? Oh my gosh, within a four pick range—that's 
that's quite the dartboard you got for you. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's going to be in between picks 44 and 47. Yeah. Okay, so we're into the, the mid-second round there, Sean. Do you think before or after that pick range for, for Brees? Well, I think the, if I'm wrong about the wide receivers, and obviously <laughs> probably going to be wrong, it <laughs> opens up a possibility for one of these teams to say, look, I mean, the actual good prospect here, and by good, I mean elite prospect is Hall. His score in the running back prospect lab is fantastic. He has the production. He has the athleticism. I think teams are going to look at what happened with Jonathan Taylor and be like, why did we pass on a guy who changes everything for positions maybe that we thought were more important at the time, but we're going to get just a far less talented player. One of the things I look back with here is Christian McCaffrey and where he was being projected pre-draft and then maybe it was a couple days before the draft that you started to hear rumors that he could go earlier but he was projected at the end of round one and you're looking at him thinking I mean, this is one of the greatest running back prospects of all time and if he's able to do what his profile suggests that he completely changes the game you know why would that person not go in the top 10 and then the panthers it turns out actually were on him despite where he was being projected the whole way i'm gonna have 16 to 20 as the range here i think there's a team out there that actually thinks hall can change their offense in a big way and you know we've got a lot of teams out there who can't pass because about half the teams don't have quarterbacks there are some teams that are going to have to try an old school approach to be competitive at least in the near term yeah that was going to be my bounce back question if both of you had went for i'd say the first round was is there a chance that he does go in the first round so i'll put that to you travis you said in a mid-second round, do you think there's a, a chance that he goes in that first round? Yes, and, and mainly I, I love Brees Hall. I think he's been, I don't know, he's been around my first overall player in most most formats or in that conversation uh, among that top tier for, I guess, over a year for this class, maybe two years for this class. And so I love Brees Hall and, and what he did to really perfect his profile and have back-to-back 1,700-yard seasons and then show up to the combine and crush everyone's expectations – and uh, be a, an athletic specimen too. Uh, he <laughs> he has far and away the most obvious running back one profile in the class. Um, and really, other running backs haven't helped themselves out too much. Isaiah Spiller has not helped himself out. Kenneth Walker kind of did, but he wasn't as impressive as Brees throughout the process and uh, doesn't have as good a profile either. So if there's a clear running back one and it seems like, I don't want anybody besides Brees. Uh, so I could see somebody reaching for him, but, but given how um, teams invest in the position that, that really informed where I thought he would go. I think given where uh, teams are valuing, valuing that position, even in a stacked group that we thought was amazing in 2020, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was the first one to go at pick 32. Sorry to bring up to, you know, open old wounds there for you, Sean. But uh, I mean, so I think that, you know, the teams are, going away from that position that was really more than more what it was about than uh hall's ability because uh, i think he firmly should be in that first round discussion he's that talent he's the obvious no debate running back one in the class to me and you touched on it there the edwards alaire and the jonathan taylor picks is there any chance this year that we actually see walker or somebody else go ahead of Brees hall as the running back one in the draft travis yeah i think walker's probably the only one that has the, the opportunity to, to that to be the case i mean nobody thought it was going to be clyde edwards Hilaire going into it um and so maybe i'm wrong <laughs> and i am that sometimes uh but uh i i don't think there's there's anyone that could do it besides 
Walker. Um, and if it is somebody, I'm praying it's Rashad White because that would be amazing. But because uh, that's like my bay in this class. Oh, my goodness. But uh, no, it's it's going to be Brees. It's going to be him running back one. I think, Sean, you're probably sitting uh, the same way. It's definitely going to be Hall. That's the, the first running back. There's nobody that should, unless it's a Edward Solaire situation, there's nobody that should challenge him there. Well, I mean, nobody should challenge him. That is, I mean, that's not the way the draft works. So, no. I mean, it, you want a guy with like a, a 16 score in the running back prospect lab. It, it seems like, you know, why not just take Damian Pierce there and then for the rest of his career, you can be like, well, you know, it's still not as bad as what the Chiefs did. So the, the team that makes that move can always look back in and make that claim. Moving on now to some wide receivers again. And this, and we are recording this on Monday evening, the 25th. So some stuff may break between the release of this podcast and obviously the NFL draft and, and how things go. But do you think that Debo Samuel gets traded before or during the draft, Travis? Yeah, I could see it during. Yeah, I think I think so. Um I think when when teams actually see the names coming off the board and they're panicking and thinking, oh gosh, I need this player now, I, and or maybe they miss their wide receiver that they absolutely had to have, and they're like, well, crap, that Debo guy, he, you know, maybe I can go grab him, and so there's another blockbuster trade for him along the way. Um, I could see that happening for sure. I, I wouldn't say that it's um, more likely than not, but I'd say forty uh, percent chance, you know, or close to it that Debo gets traded before or during uh because he, he clearly wants out which which is bizarre to me because he has like the most incredible role in the entire nfl but I, I he's already had health concerns even before he got to the nfl and if he wants uh to you know if, if quality of life is really important to him i, I get it but man uh potentially abandoning the coolest role in the league right now like that's that's, that's kind of weird Hey, Rotoviz fans, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal Rotoviz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRADIO2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year Rotoviz subscription enjoy the podcast we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And uh, to tie these both in, because if he is traded, we talked about the Packers and the Chiefs. They have two first-round picks each, and then the Jets are really the team that has been linked mostly with Samuel. But 
is there a chance that Debo goes to one of those teams? And the second part of that question is going to be how many first round wide receivers do both the Packers and the Chiefs select? Okay, sorry. That's an open-ended question. So yeah, does, does Debo <laughs> land with uh, either the Packers or the Chiefs? Uh, I think it would make a lot of sense with the Chiefs. And uh, I don't know about you, Sean, but I would love that if Debo went to the Chiefs because uh, the, the way that they deployed Tyreek with so much motion and uh, just confusing defenses like that, that's perfect for Samuel. He's not the vertical threat necessarily that – well, at all that uh, Tyreek Hill is or was, but he he brings the schematic confusion that I think Tyreek Hill can. So that would be that would be fun, and I think that would be a, a perfect marriage, and and that wouldn't kill Samuel's, uh, I guess, fantasy outlook where a lot of teams really could. How do you feel about that, Sean? Would it excite you, and could it happen? It'd be exciting, and it could happen. The thing here, so much of. <laughs> I think listeners can probably tell that the Chiefs rhetoric in the last couple of days has been a little bit upsetting because one of the things <laughs> that Ben was saying, you know, very dramatically on stealing bananas was that he felt like the Seahawks were the worst dynasty manager in your league where they hit on a player in this case obviously for seattle it was russell wilson but then they make all of these other mistakes they're still fairly successful and they think that they're good when in fact it was just russell wilson now the situation with the chiefs andy reed is a, a far better coach than pete carroll the overall organization because he's such a good coach is set beyond patrick mahomes i mean they were successful obviously not to quite the same level but they were successful with alex smith right so it's not just patrick mahomes but his competence and Patrick Mahomes' competence has covered up just a raft of mind-bogglingly poor decisions that the Chiefs have made both in the draft and in free agency. And so, you know, this whole deal with Tyreek Hill seems to have a lot of elements of these dynasty trades where you have a team that feels like for whatever reason they want to move one of their key assets. They make that move. They get back a package that kind of, I mean, what the Chiefs got back was fine. Just like what the Seahawks got back for Russell Wilson was fantastic, right? But then the thing that you can't do is go back and immediately spend all of that in a way that makes your team worse. I mean, one of the things that they did was sign Marcos Valdez-Scantling, which just not a great use of a lot of the money that they saved from not paying Tyreek Hill. So if you sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling and then you go out and turn around and trade for a different wide receiver and pay him, you're going to end up losing in the long run in terms of what all of those transactions look like. Now, again, because you're the Chiefs and you do have this backdrop of Patrick Mahomes, then some of the stuff could still work out. So it, it actually still work out if they had Debo, but it would make it more difficult to address some of the other needs that they have because it's going to be very expensive. You know, I don't think that Debo is going to get traded just because you're going to have to give up a quarterback package to get him and i think that makes it harder i mean debo has done sort of the right things in terms of maximizing his leverage i mean you want to talk about starting the negotiation from a position of strength he's just like don't even make an offer <laughs> well i mean that changes what that first offer is right it makes it much higher still even though maybe they do trade him it doesn't really matter to him i mean either way it's going to work out this don't even make me an offer move trade me means that Wherever you go, the team is very well anchored to this idea of, okay, we're going to have to pay him an absurd amount of money. And then, you know, he's going to have the yeah, okay over the plays and the schemes. Like, 
I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. Now, Debo is unbelievably good. I don't think it makes sense to use him as a runner. I think that they will go back to using him more as a wide receiver. It, you know, if there's another team in which he would be the perfect fit, it is the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Because they did run into a problem with Edwards Alaire to where he can't be the receiving back. Debo, I don't think he want to be handing the ball. It doesn't sound like he wants to be handed the ball, but if you could use him as the receiving back, I mean, that would absolutely be fantastic for the Chiefs and what they do. Debo's actually a much better overall wide receiver than Tyreek Hill, who is a 4-2 guy who has Patrick Mahomes, right? Debo's actually a superstar, and so it would be a big upgrade. He's a younger guy. There are ways that that could work out. I still think it's really tricky in terms of working through all of the specifics of it and where kind of both teams would be, you know, once the trade actually took place, you know, if it ever got to that point. And then the second part of that question was the Packers and the Chiefs both with two first-round picks each. So what we might do is there's four first-round picks between them. How many mm-hmm. wide receivers do you think that are drafted with those four picks, Travis? And do I not say zero. Please don't say zero. I think two. <laughs> I think two. Uh, and yeah, that, that, that'll be fun. One for the Packers, one for the Chiefs. So they'll fill some other kind of need there. I think the Packers, um, if I was a Packers fan, I would really want – uh, at this day, day, like this point of Aaron Rodgers' career, like he just needs somebody who can get open by themselves. And when I look at the wide receivers that are already there, uh, and they have what Alan Lazard, who has never really been a separator, is Randall Cobb still there? Like, is, yeah. uh, Sa- Sammy Watkins, like, uh, and then a whole bunch of nothing. I mean, like Amari Rodgers, maybe in the future, but man, they need somebody who's a technician. And, and if I'm looking for a technician, I'm going to go with Chris Olave. Uh, somebody who has proven to be an incredible uh, deep threat, uh, especially earlier in his career when he had to be, but uh, he can work the intermediate. He he just makes his own separation with ease. And I think that's perfect for the Packers uh, w- with what they need right now. And, and, and with the chiefs, um, I think if they're planning ahead, uh, mixing in that with what they actually need right now, uh, they really do need more speed, but I think long-term, if they're thinking Travis Kelsey is on the back nine, uh, maybe the back three of his career, uh, they may look at another big bodied wide receiver if he actually can make it that far. And like I said, he might not, but if I were hoping to see like anybody fall to them, and I think it'd be a good fit. Uh, I think Drake London would be somebody that I think would fit that Travis Kelsey role in the future. So they, they use Travis Kelsey as like this big slot already. Right. Drake, Drake London was actually, before he was all over the place in his final season, in the spread formation for USC, he was actually primarily like a bigger slot option who uh, ran all the routes, could uh, get run after catch on screen situations, and just moss people as well. And so if you wanted to utilize him in a similar role, uh, obviously he's a little bit small, quite a bit skinnier than Kelsey, but in the future, he he could be that because you're not ever going to get another Travis Kelsey. Like he's one of the greatest of all time. But if you get somebody that that can just moss people and do a lot of the same thing, and is maybe more flexible and it may be a little bit more, a little bit faster, Drake London could be that, and that that would be an underrated fit in in my mind for the Chiefs. It's going to be interesting. I, I think the Packers probably go wide receiver. I could see them trading back from one of those picks as well to try and fill out some other slots. But Sean. Travis said two wide receivers out of those four picks. That's kind of where I'm sitting as well. Um, Do you think it'll be two or do you think it could be more or less? Well, before I answer that quickly, Travis, break down Trey McBride for us and his profile. Mm -hmm. 
what kind of receiver is he? What kind of athlete is he? What kind of blocker is he? Uh, Dre McBride is, is the clear runaway tight end one in this class and has been so for, I don't know, several months. Like I think that back to like October of last year, I was like, well, I like Trey McBride. He's on all of my college to Canton teams. <laughs> and that's fantastic. Cause he's clearly, clearly the tight end one in this class. And he was, he was basically the Travis Kelsey of college football last year. I mean, he caught over 90 balls for like 1100 yards and was perfection uh, for, as for it, like production standpoint. Um, he, it was against a lower level competition, but no one came close to producing the way that he did. And from a yardage and reception standpoint, Brock Bowers was incredible. Michael Mayer, incredible. They're both going to be first round picks um, in their own classes in 23 and 24. But Trey McBride, while he's not Kyle Pitts, uh, can make one-handed catches. He can separate against defensive backs. Uh, he he is just a well-balanced, dominant player who got 100% of Colorado State's touchdowns in 2020 and then followed it up with an 1,100-yard season in 2021. Uh, nobody came close to him, I, and I can say that over and over again because it's just unreal what he was doing week in, week out. If you had him in for college fantasy, congratulations. You won your league's championship because he – he just carried his team through the air, and I could I could definitely see him doing that again uh, in the NFL. So I'm going to go two in terms of Packers and Chiefs. I'm going to go two to the Packers, zero to the Chiefs. I think the Packers are in a pretty cool situation where they could go both with a big and a small. We don't know if Olave or Williams will be the guy that makes it there. You kind of hope that one of the two guys make it there. I mean, there is a scenario in which the – sort of five trendiest or four trendiest wide receivers go, you know, around that 15, 16 range. But Packers could go with, say, Williams and Burks. I think that would be very exciting in terms of what it sets them up for. The Chiefs, let's project them to trade for both LaVisca Chenault and Kadarius Toney during the draft and then select Trey McBride <laughs> either with a move down or with one of their second-round picks. And then you have that Gronkowski-Hernandez attack Andy Reid again I mentioned one of the best two or three coaches in the NFL this amazing scheme guy offensively an amazing play caller and someone who's willing to evolve to different things that are happening and one of the things that they did do last year was around midseason they were able to come up with some attacks to kind of get back going again after the very conservative defenses took them out of that a little bit they're going to have Ronald Jones he's going to be able to run the daylight they have some guys who are under, I mean, Miko is basically just a, you know, toss them to the ball from one inch away and then let him try and run around the end and see if he can take it, which he does sometimes. I mean, he's unbelievable with the ball in his hands. You look at him and say, do you want like three guys who kind of fit that with Tony and Chanel as well? But I think that there's more to what those guys can do. You have Juju who there's a potential reemerges as one of the best over the middle receivers in the entire NFL. You have MVS to take the, defense deep and if you put together that offense i mean one of the things too is if you make those moves tony and chanel much 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 less expensive than debo is it any likelihood that they would get to ever be like him probably not but if you trade for both of them then you've got two shots at it you want to do things inexpensively that have upside as opposed to overpaying for something that still has a huge bust risk which is what the chiefs have <laughs> sent the message that they're going to do but if you did that you would have this opportunity of one of those guys to work out mcbride i think is the player who is just so exciting kind of in this range and in this draft you put him with kelsey number one the two tight end approach 
you could just eviscerate the NFL with it. But then number two, you have somebody to kind of fill in behind Kelsey in that scenario. You would certainly hope that Kelsey doesn't look at that as them saying, you know, we think that you're on your last legs because even though he's in his thirties, I mean, he's the best tight end in football, but it would accomplish multiple things for them. And so I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff that could happen. The chiefs could do in this draft and let's be optimists right now. Let's say the chiefs are going to do that. Kadarius, Tony, LaVisca, Chanel on the Kansas city chiefs this time next week. Sean, I always love when we get into bold predictions because I'm always wondering like, is it just going to be a quick one? But Sean like really gets the crystal ball out. So if that one does happen and we're doing the show next week, I, I don't know what we, <laughs> what we do, but uh, that, that's, that's one. I think Trey McBride would be, be super fun if that, if that did happen. Um, and yeah. Look, I think that would really revitalize Fisk's uh, dynasty stock too. So I, I would be down for that. Uh, the last one we're going to do as we get ready to finish up is round one trade. So I guess we'll you can include all types of trades if picks are moved. So if it is players plus picks who are veterans, I suppose we can count that. But we talked and Sean mentioned about trades for quarterbacks and obviously we could see how things play out. But I think over under five trades in the first round, um, do you want to go over or under, Travis? I'll go under. Uh, I think it's like when we're in a league or any kind of rookie draft where there's kind of a more more chalk class where there's like and there's clear tier breaks here and here and here. And I know I need to trade up around this range. Or I know I need to trade up here to get this exact guy. Uh, but when there's more confusion uh, or disagreement with classes, um, you you don't have all these trade ups because you think everyone thinks oh my guy's gonna drop because there's like five wide receivers in this tier or uh, three or four running backs in this tier or four you know uh, in this class it's a great example there's five quarterbacks where I have no idea how my league mates are valuing all these five quarterbacks and I think the league is kind of right there especially once we get past the obvious names there, there's just wider tiers for a lot of these positions i mean offensive tackle i mean that that i think that pushes a lot of these other positions down because the offensive line is so freaking deep this year like there's like six or seven that are going to go way earlier than i think we projected even like back in january so um i think people are just going to take their guy and um they're going to be okay with uh getting some similar players down the line uh which is is not normal for first rounds because like normally i feel like there's like 20 plus players that are locked in locked in first round picks and then this year i just don't we don't see that with quarterbacks we don't see that necessarily with running backs at all uh wide receivers like it's it's take your pick from like the top six or seven i think for a lot of people so uh yeah i think it's gonna be under so travis goes under five i'm gonna go with seven so Sean, we'll leave you with over or under seven uh trades i think we're gonna the, the league seems to have got more into their their dynasty vibe where their uh, more trades are happening so maybe some of the general managers around the league are more comfortable making those moves so i'm going to go with seven um where are you sitting sean for first round trades well let's just make it as exciting as possible i'll go over but i also want to see my explanation time not that we're supposed to have any on the sort of rapid fire but seed it to travis because i did want to ask him one more question here with outside of rashad white do you have a guy that you're dreaming that he gets picked at a spot where you can still then dream about him again next week. Do you have a guy where you're just desperately hoping the NFL sees him the way you do and goes maybe on day two? Uh, I, I think, no, I mean, like Rashad white is definitely the obvious, obvious name for me. 
Uh, and I've, I've felt that way for a long time because he had, he was maybe the best receiving back in the country last year. Uh, he was maybe the most efficient back in the country the year before that. And yes, he went the Juco route, went an odd route. Uh, and he's a little bit older, but man, like if he gets day two value and is in a spot to smash early, like it's going to be impossible to get him in, in redraft or in redraft leagues. It's going to be impossible to get him in and even rookie drafts because people are so desperate for running backs to just hit, you know? And so I hope he uh, smashes because I already have him everywhere. Like I already have him again, like, all my W leagues and like college to hand leagues. Like I've, it's that rare instance where I've already locked my favorite player up. And if he just lands there, like that would be perfection. But I think if there was one other than him, it would actually be uh, the ghost of Kyron Williams because people have assumed that he is, is dead apparently after his uh, embarrassing display at the combine um but again at his pro day he improved his time and you, you can put an asterisk by that if you want but Kyron williams was not as slow i don't think as he ran on that day at the combine like if you look at who he's outrunning and some of the players he's outrunning in several of his games uh like had much faster times than he did at the 40 and so like game speed for him i don't really have any concern and so if i get him at a discount he, he sneaks into the back end of round three but people are like, man, uh, he's just, he's that slow guy. He's still running his 40 today. And I, I think he's, he, he could still, even, even if he sneaks into day two in a low key, awesome situation, because people already killed him off two months ago. Um, I think he, he's still value. So Kyron Williams, and he's just as incredible as a receiver and uh, he's a balanced back. He doesn't have the size necessarily, uh, but man, he's a really fun talent. And I think, we weren't all wrong on, on Kyron Williams. Like we like it in the Debbie community. We liked Kyron Williams because of what he brought as a receiver. And in today's game, he's, he's a perfect back, just maybe five, 10 pounds under what we want him to be. But yeah, Kyron Williams would be that other player that I'm hoping for. That's a cool name to hear. I've got an article that just came out on Williams that offers a little bit of optimism. And as you pointed out, you know, he's, he's probably more athletic than people realize. And it's a situation where people do like to discount the pro days. There's some reason to, you know, have a little bit of an asterisk or at least realize that it was a pro day as compared to the combine. But you have guys like David Bell and Isaiah Spiller, both players I like. I'm not against those players, but when they did their work at the pro days, we're not able to really improve on their athletic profiles and erase some of those doubts. So the fact that Williams did that also put up a good three cone time, that is meaningful for him. It'll be exciting to see where he goes. I'm going to have my player that I'm hoping desperately gets into a decent draft slot uh, tomorrow on ceiling bananas and column Travis did it again. He's always fantastic to have on the show. Yeah, absolutely awesome. And Travis did tease obviously the road of his rookie guide, which will be coming out after the NFL draft. You'll be able to find Travis's work on that. You can find him on Twitter as well at FF underscore Travis M. And obviously the great College to Canton podcast as well with Stefan Lacoe. But Travis, as we get ready to wrap up, we want to thank you for jumping on. Nobody else we'd rather have on on draft week to get us ready. And I'm really excited for this one. Two fun shows uh, ready for the NFL draft now. Thanks for jumping on as always. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how this draft actually plays out. And I, I really hope like nine wide receivers really going around one. That would be amazing. Oh man, fantasy drafts would go just absolutely bonkers. Well, that was a, a lot of fun, Sean, uh, going rapid fire through some of those predictions. Hopefully, as the listeners were listening and they were thinking, 
maybe you know what way we were going what they would do what they think the answers are and i think it's gonna be a super fun draft uh, so you know i mentioned the the change to the schedule this week uh road of his ot on monday tuesday and saturday evening this week i do just want to give a mention to the show we did on sunday sean which was a rookies and sophomores draft so if people are haven't heard that already but do want to get that content on saturday morning to have something to listen to they will have the opportunity to listen to that and of course we'll be talking and at that point you'll know where a lot of those rookies and sophomores have landed in the uh, nfl draft process so it'll be very interesting to review that team even a couple of days from now so do check out that show but sean travis uh just so so good um all the stuff we covered there have you any final thoughts before we wrap up ahead off the nfl draft here no final thoughts, really. I mean, that got me fired up for the draft. I mean, you could tell that my uh, enthusiasm level and my, I don't know if we should just call it creativity, but the sort of dream scenarios there, what the Chiefs will do, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful they come out of this draft looking good. Obviously, the other 31 teams, we're interested in them as well. I'd like to see the fantasy players balanced out onto teams to make everybody more valuable one of the things that is the least fun on draft weekend is if you have you know two or three guys where the team didn't need to draft on top of them and they did anyway and now you're sitting uh, with some players where you're kind of worried about their workload so we're rooting for the entire ot audience that you don't have that happen to you and that your home team makes the perfect pick in this weekend's nfl drafts and we'll be back to to share it with you this weekend Colin wanted just to mention that the underdog tools will be coming out shortly. We're going to have the NFL draft. We're going to have the new best ball mania tournament going. Michael Dubner has some crazy research from the tools and from his overall research that he's been doing. He's got some great best ball research out on the site right now. Jump in, get your subscription. If you want to win that and or maximize your chance to make money through Underdog, one of the things that was kind of interesting last year is just how much money we made separate from the big tournament winnings. Michael's got just such perfect tactical guidelines for you and evidence-based research come from a variety of different areas. It's really going to be absolutely perfect and especially if you're getting in there now and signing up for underdog and as you've mentioned column you can get that 100 deposit bonus by using the coupon code rotoviz when you sign up up to 100 dollars. so put that 100 dollars in there get 100 dollars, 200 to work with win the best ball mania two million dollar i believe grand prize this year but yeah i guess uh, my excitement for it gets more and more every day looking at the tools what blair is doing what michael's doing what some of the other guys are doing yeah and final plugs as we wrap up make sure you are subscribed to the road of his youtube channel to get that show with sean ben and the ship chasing guys this thursday night there will be other drafts happening on, on friday sean and ben are doing a show we're going to do a show on saturday as well myself ben and sean so check all that out that will be up live on the road of his youtube channel and of course drop us that written interview the most entertaining one will win themselves that copy of the road of his draft guide so that is going to tie us up here hopefully you've enjoyed both episodes if you are just hearing this one now and you missed the one that we aired on monday because it was a day early we did talk with travis may about the quarterbacks and wide receivers head back and check that one out but thanks as always for tuning in enjoy the nfl draft we will be back on the far side of it 
My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And of course, check out all of Sean's work up on rotoviz.com, including covering a lot of these prospects that will be going in the NFL draft this week. Some fantastic uh, individual write ups by Sean up on rotoviz.com. Check those out. And until we're back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.